the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Ten minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is the 28th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And it is a free for all Friday. (laughs) My voice was not ready for that. Uh, (laughs) It clearly was not up and awake yet. I heard a little tiny uh, crack in the voice there as I uh, busted that one out. Thank you to Mr. Scream for picking me up, though. Uh, Really appreciate you joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. It is a free-for-all Friday, and for a change, we're going to live up to that. Oftentimes, we call it free-for-all, meaning it's plenty of uh, uh, opportunity for you to call in and talk about whatever topic is on your mind. It doesn't have to be the one that I'm on. Most of the week, I try to stay topic-focused, topics, whatever I'm talking about right now or the two or three, three things that I have discussed on the program. Let's hit those. I want your thoughts. But on Friday on Free For All, I really do try to make it uh, literally free for all. Anything you want to talk about is fair game with me if it's related to what we've been discussing or not. So let's keep that in mind at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I very much look forward to hearing your calls. I do have one guest. Technically, it's two guests, but it's within the context of one interview. 
uh, as uh, at ten ten, we are going to talk about the ongoing fight to protect innocent life, unborn life, preborn life. We have just a few months, obviously, to get this done, um, and that is to stop the radical pro-abortionist, the pro-death cult uh, that is going to try to embed abortion and worse in the Ohio Constitution in November. So coming up in. Uh, uh, about an hour, yeah, about an hour, top of, top of hour number two. We're going to talk with Robert Kylo and with Aaron Bear as they represent some very important organizations, including and especially, um, uh, pro, or excuse me, um, um, for goodness sakes, I, I apologize. Christian, the, uh, Robert Kylo is the chief advancement officer for the Center for Christian Virtue. That's part of this. Aaron Bear is part of that as well, but they are both a part of Pro Women Ohio, which is very, very important as well, because we're trying to protect women. That's what this organization is. We had Kate Macra on, uh, from that organization. She's also with Cle- Cleveland Right to Life a couple of weeks ago. So there are several groups, including the two I just mentioned, Three, I just mentioned, really, that are working very, very hard to stop the uh, to stop the um, slaughter, the genocide, whatever you want to call it, that is coming for us to children uh, of children inside the womb. And we're talking about some of the most terrific means and methods without any um, uh, apology necessary, any reason necessary, just at any point, any time, at any. Uh, uh, stage of the gestation it's just a horrific thought but that's reality thankfully we have people fighting very very hard against that uh, against that so robert kylo and aaron bear are both going to join me at ten ten this morning to talk about it but other than robert and aaron in that very important conversation that the floor is going to be yours at 216-901-0945 and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. now before we get started with the news of the day i would like to ask you to do what you always do And that is, go ahead and stand and face your flag. Put your hand on your heart and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a believer in taking the rights away from American citizens, you know, otherwise known as the unborn American citizens, that's right, they're still Americans, they're still citizens, they're still lives. If you believe in taking those things away, then clearly you don't believe in what the flag represents. You don't have to pledge your allegiance to it. Instead, you may take a knee in protest next to your favorite unemployed quarterback. As for the rest of us, however, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all so I'm watching TV last night. I'm watching myself a little bit of Newsmax now that I have sworn off Fox, uh, like so many other conservative Americans have after they've, I don't want to say they've gone completely woke, but they have certainly abandoned their core conservative principles that we came to trust and uh, to rely upon with Tucker Carlson. So I'm watching and poking around, and I notice uh, the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. I used to be a huge NFL fan. I'm still a huge football fan. That's I'm a huge football fan. I've been a football fan since I was probably four years old. Uh, you just can't remove that. And, yes, the NFL does command some attention because it's football. As much as I hate the league and its wokeness and its policies and so forth, um, I was curious. So I flipped on the NFL draft for just a while. And as I, as I continued to watch pick after pick after pick being made, something occurred to me. Something occurred to me as each of these individuals who had their names called and walked up onto the stage to uh, get their hat for their new team and 
hold up a jersey for their new team and smile for the cameras and all of this stuff. And I was just, something just kind of struck me. I was like, what? This, there's something odd here, and I can't figure out what it is. And then some of the names of the players that were called, they weren't there to walk up on the stage, but they had cameras in their homes or at their high schools or whatever events that they were holding for draft night, and they would have, you know, cutaways to them. And again, things just kind of just to, to look very interesting and, and odd, I suppose. And then it dawned on me. What I was seeing as I watched pick after pick after pick being made and player after player after player being given first-round NFL draft credentials, meaning they are all about to become multi-multi-millionaire, something occurred to me. I could not help but notice the startling, shocking lack of diversity among this soon-to-be list of multi-millionaire players. It was it was it was incredible. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here looking for the diversity and the inclusion and the equity, you know, the DIE that the NFL promotes, the DIE that all woke corporations promote, the DIE that our educational systems promote. I'm looking for the diversity and the inclusion and the equity. And I'm just I don't see it. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at the names and I'm looking at the faces. I was like, okay, that's okay. There, wait, okay, that's the fifth, that's the sixth. I I think out of the 31 names chosen, I I think it was right around in the neighborhood of 26 of them all looked alike. I'm thinking, well, how can that be? Who the hell is in charge of the DIE at the National Football League? I mean, how are they allowing these teams to make these picks? Based on what? You know, and if you watched it, you listened to the announcers and the analysts tell you about all of the talent that these guys have. They talked about all of their accomplishments. They talked about all of the hard work that they put into their craft to be able to advance themselves and put themselves in a position to be drafted and to go into the NFL and to make millions of dollars. They talked about all of the things that they can bring to help teams win. And it's almost like when I listen to that, it's almost like they were saying that the NFL is allowing its teams to choose their players based on meritocracy. (laughs) We know that can't be the case. Meritocracy is evil, of course. What do you mean, best players? Best equipped for the job? Since when is that a reason to, to hire people? Since when, since when do we decide that people can only have these jobs if they're the best at what they do? That can't be. The NFL's woke. I mean, I'm looking at all these guys, and all I see is... They all look very, very similar to one another. The overwhelming number of them are all of the same race. You know what I didn't see? I didn't see one Asian player drafted last night. Not one. I think I only saw one Latino. And I think I may have seen like three white guys, maybe. I didn't see one woman on that draft board. 
And moreover, I did not see a single trans person either. I thought that in 2023, we can't operate businesses based on meritocracy. Don't we have to have a diverse-looking NFL sideline and NFL playing field? Don't we have to have a diverse NFL locker room? Don't we have to have a diverse National Football League draft? Where are the women? Where are the Hispanics? Where are the trans people? Again, I kept hearing the the announcers talk about the incredible skills and the incredible development and advancement that so many of these players made over the courses of their college careers, how they started out, where they started out, some of them very, very low, who just made meteoric rises in college football to get to this place through their hard work and their incredible drive, along with their talent, and then others who came into college football Everybody knew they were blue chip prospects. Everybody knew their talents, and they built upon those, and here they are. And I'm seeing talent, hard work, success, results, in other words, merit. But what about people who didn't have the same success? What about people that didn't have the same hard work? What about the people that didn't have the same results? They deserve just as much of a, a spot on an NFL roster as a first-round draft pick as those with all of that talent do. That's what equity means, right? So I'm looking at the NFL and saying, where, who's your, who's your DIE compliance director? Equity is being cast to the wind here. Remember, equality means everybody has the same opportunity. Equity means everybody gets the same results, at least by a percentage basis. So I'm looking at the percentage, and I'm seeing it probably 90% one race and 10% split up among all of the other races. That's not equitable. Clearly, the NFL needs to rethink its position. Clearly, the NFL needs to start looking at their employment standards the same way that woke corporations do, where overqualified people who, based upon merit and meritocracy, deserve the jobs for which they are applying, are passed over so that DIE standards can be met and we can color up the, the, the building, the boardroom. The plant, the whatever. We have to meet we have to make sure we have a diverse workforce. We have to make sure it's an inclusive workforce. Gotta include some trans people in there as well. Or maybe others in the LGBTQ alphabet. And we've got to make sure that everybody rises at the same level in an equitable fashion. That's what that's the way it's done in corporations. Hell, that's the way it's done at our colleges and universities. How come the NFL is completely ignoring the wonderful model set by the likes of Harvard, where those with the meritocracy, those who, with, who, have, who have achieved extraordinary things through their academic careers, you know, through the same types of things I just described that those players use, talent, hard work, results, all of the same things that led these players to be drafted last night to become multimillionaires, people who do those things in the academic world should be given first-round draft picks into the Harvard incoming freshman class. 
right into all of the elite university incoming freshman classes. It's about merit, right? But yet those people who have what, I guess if we were to call the, you know, make the uh, comparison to the first-round draft picks, you know, they were all Americans, they were all conference, they set sack records and so forth. Well, the students who were all-American students and all-conference students and who set SAT records and ACT records and GPA records who should get the same recognition the NFL is giving to these players, um, they don't get those things when they apply to colleges. They're told, you know what, you are not the right look for us, you see. We already have way too many people who look like you on our campus. We need some different-looking people on our campus. We need some people who look different, people who maybe speak a little bit differently than you do, and people who I identify a little bit different than you do in order to make sure that we have a diverse learning environment. So at the university level, meritocracy, nah. Diversity, inclusion, equity, yes. At the corporate level, meritocracy, nah. But the diversity level, inclusion, and equity, yeah. National Football League draft last night. Diversity, nah. Inclusion, nah. Equity, mm, sorry. Meritocracy, best players, most talent, hardest workers, yeah. Boy, what a remarkable, eye-opening experience it was last night. The National Football League, the woke National Football League, the National Football League that allowed messages to be painted in their end zones just three years ago, messages to be worn on the backs of helmets about equity, about social justice, about inclusion, about diversity. When it comes to picking their players, they kick all of that to the side because apparently they don't want a five foot nine, 145 pound player playing offensive tackle for them because they're the right color. They're going to pick the largest and best and most talented person playing offensive tackle uh, for them, regardless of color. Why? Because meritocracy actually does matter after all. We'll be right back. Okay, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour news. No time to take calls here or else I will shortchange you. But I do see full phone lines, and that's good because we have a free-for-all Friday today. A lot of different topics on the list. But if you want to talk about what I was just talking about, too, I may bump you a little bit higher. Uh, but do me a favor. Don't hang up during the break. We're coming right to your calls immediately after this bottom of the hour news break. 216-901-0945. If you're not on hold, you should get there. We're going to have a great conversation today on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. you reason in the age of unreason always right radio with bob france and the answer 936 now always right radio thanks for being with us on am 1420 the answer we've got a uh, great lineup for this afternoon's sebastian gorka show i'll be hosting for dr g from three to six gonna talk to believe it or not i was finally able to pull this off uh, i've been trying to make this happen for some time now i have been unsuccessful until now 
But uh, coming up on Dr. Gorka's show today, in addition to speaking with Peter Kersenow again about a totally different matter than we talked about on Tuesday, by the way, this is literally um, uh, a situation of uh, involving the Civil Rights Commission on which he sits. In addition to sharing with the national audience the great conversation that I had with, um, uh, with uh, Larry Elder yesterday, uh, I'm going to have an opportunity to speak for the first time with the guy who gave me maybe my favorite uh, soundbite of all time. I'm about to talk with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson, the Lieutenant Governor who gave, who I have incorrectly, by the way, I have incorrectly called pastor for a very long time since I've been playing my favorite uh, soundbite of all time. Um, and Johnny, see if you can grab that, by the way, because I'm trying to play it and I can't seem to make it fire here. But uh, just give me a second. Um, but um, past, I, I've been calling him Pastor Mark Robinson because when he made the, the speech that I've been playing for so long, um, he was standing in front of a, 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 in a, in a church, at the front of a church. He was standing behind a, a pulpit, you know, with cross on it. And he was surrounded by a bunch of other people who looked like they were, you know, uh, wearing a, a pastoral gear. And I just thought this guy is just a, an extraordinary loud and, and tremendous, uh, rep- representative, uh, of God. And, um, I'm sure he is, but he's not actually a pastor. Mark Robinson is somebody who speaks like one, but he is just, uh, uh, he is the lieutenant governor and he has announced his running for the go- uh, governor's, uh, mansion in uh, North Carolina. So he's lieutenant governor hoping to trade up to governor. And, uh, you know who he is by now. This is the one that I've been playing. Johnny hit it. I to say, ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got they licking their pencils right now. Trying to write fierce as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. Uh, And I'll follow that up with my second favorite soundbite. Daniel (laughs) Diggins! So I've been calling him Pastor Mark Robinson. For years, since he made that incredible uh, viral uh, speech, which, of course, the left still despises. And that's why he has to win the race. He has to become the governor of North Carolina just to just to trigger them even more that the man who made that speech, who spoke that truth, becomes the governor of the state of North Carolina. So anyway, I'm going to be talking to him on the Gorka show today. So you're going to want to hear. All of that. Uh, let's go to the phones. We're going to go to Northfield Center and Ron on uh, AM 1420, The Answer First. Hey, Ron, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Fire away, sir. Hey, Bob. Uh, listen to your show all the time. I uh, haven't called in before, but I had to call in this morning to tell you that you need to give yourself a can you dig it for that monologue this morning. <laughs> all right, I'll accept that. Can you dig it? It was great. All right. I, uh... I hand those out for exceptional performances, so if you'd like me to take one, I'll take that one, because I really meant what I said on that as I watched that draft last night. Go ahead, Ron. Well, you deserved it. So, uh, anyways, uh, 
I got to try to uh, find that and play that for my wife later on when I get home. But that was a classic. That's going to be on the Best of Bob Brandt show one day. I love, well, you know what? It'll probably, we'll, we'll make that happen, my friend. Ron, thank you for the call. I appreciate it, and thanks in advance for sharing it with the wife. Yeah, it'll be up on the uh, on the podcast page, like we always say, about an hour after the show ends. So at around 1 o'clock, you should be able to find it there on uh, whkradio.com. Let's go back to it. We'll hit uh, Bill in Berea next. Bill, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Fire away, Bill. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, um, I wanted to bring up something we haven't brought up in a little while, is the uh, problem with the squatting in houses in Cleveland. Um, where's our councilman at? Um, you know, I know this is going on all across the country, but why are they allowing this nonsense to go on and putting, uh, you know, safety again at risk of homeowners? Um, the reason I'm calling and bringing this up, uh, for the second time now, uh, uh, my mom lives in Cleveland and, uh, you know, uh, there's a house two over from her. Squatters moved in. They have pit bulls that they're training for dog fighting, and nothing's being done. Uh, the police won't do nothing about it. And uh, and and also, two times now, they've attempted to break into to my mom's garage. Um, we don't know what their intent is, but the police won't do anything about it. What's going on here? I mean, yeah, we have you know uh, a 72 year old woman. And the police aren't willing to, to go remove these scumbags from these houses that they don't belong in. And I know this is happening all across the city. My son Hudson, he's afraid to, to spend the night because he's a you know he does you know because of what's going on. He's worried about his grandmother. And I know there's a lot of other people that are fed up with this too. You know uh, where's where's our representatives at on this? And how can we possibly allow somebody that doesn't belong there that's not paying rent? to be allowed to stay in a house that they don't belong in. I, it just, I, I'm so, so pissed about this whole situation. And, you know, everybody's just turning a blind eye to it. It's just like with the same, just like what's going on with our schools. You know, it's like these people, I don't know, we got some sick, twisted people that are supporting these agendas. Yeah, we do. And and um, sadly, what you said is true, um, that it's all over the country. Um, there are some really high-profile cases of this going on all over the country uh, right now. And it is, it is, I agree with you, I am PO'd just like you are, whether it's in Cleveland or whether it's in San Francisco or anywhere else, but this is happening everywhere. And the, the most important thing you just said is where are our representatives? How is it that city council cannot simply pass an ordinance in Cleveland just erasing any language that says squatters have the right to stay in property that they do not own and that homeowners have to go to court, serve eviction notices, and then take these people to court to kick them out of their own lawfully owned property. Why isn't the city council doing that? Why can't our state assembly, our general assembly do that? Pass laws saying nowhere in the state of Ohio are you allowed to steal people's homes. It literally is the same thing as stealing their car. You take occupancy of it, you own it, and you won't get out of it and you won't give it back. If you steal somebody's car, you go to prison, you steal their house, you have all the rights. I've never understood it. I still don't understand it. I don't think I should need a law degree to understand it. Neither should you to know that this is wrong. Um, but but I don't see any movement. I don't hear. I see news stories. I, I hear calls from people like you. I, I I see discussions online, but I've yet to hear anybody in a position of legislative authority at the city level, the county level, or the state level that are willing to do anything about it. So um, it's a great question. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get back to you on this because I'm going to be uh, contacting the council uh, person that's in her ward 
Okay. Uh, and I'm going to start getting, trying to get some answers to this, and you I'll should. be more than glad to give you a call back and keep you posted on what's going on because uh, we, we can't allow this to continue. This is just getting out of control just like everything else is. No, it, it really is. It's, uh, it's just a smack in the face to decent people who work hard, who pay their bills, who have their own properties, and then for people to just be able to steal them and for the state to say or the city to say, well, they stole it fair and square. Um, you know, you, they get to keep it now. Uh, you have to find a way to convince a judge to evict them, and you got to put your own, you got to spend your own money, your own time, your own attorney's fees in order to just reclaim what is your own property. It's, uh, and, and the it's last thing I want to happen. The last thing I also want, you know, I, you know, I fear happening is I don't want any innocent elderly person, you know, to end up getting beat up or worse mm-hmm. just because our representatives, for some reason, don't want to do anything about this. Um, you know, th- th- this is, you know, just like with our children being basically mentally molested with these agendas in our school systems, you know, the th- nonsense that's going on, I, you know, we need more people to start standing up and put. Under the under the rears of these representatives and these school board members to get all this stuff stopped. Where we're in a downward spiral here, and if things are brought under control soon, we're going to have one heck of a mess on our hands. And you know, and then the people that want to stand up to it, you know, the laws are going. You got the police going after them. If you go after a squatter, you know, if you go in there and say, "Hey, I'm going in with a firearm to remove these squatters out of my rental property." I guarantee you the police will be there in two minutes to come after the, the, the property owner and say, yo, you can't draw a firearm on these people. But right. yet they can stay there. I mean, this is the nonsense. They are, the laws have been reversed to protect the criminals and punish the law-abiding citizens. Yeah, That's what's it is. Going on. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm looking at right, and thank you for the call. I'm glad, glad you brought this up, Bill, and I hope you do keep me posted on on any information you have on your situation. But, um, I, I, the the two words that just really get me are quote squatters' rights. It's theft. It's theft of property. How are their rights? That would be like having carjackers' rights. That would be like kidnappers' rights. That would be like be like uh, armed robbers' rights. When you steal things from other people, you don't have rights. You have committed a criminal offense. And you should pay the price for that. You should be arrested and you should be jailed. But according to what I'm looking at right now, and this is from iProperty Management, uh, about squatters' rights, keep in mind, quote, one, squatters or trespassers might falsely claim a right to be on the property. They accomplish this by presenting false or fraudulent paperwork or other documents to the owner or to law enforcement. This is illegal. Two, squatters do have rights, but they must meet the requirements for adverse possession to use them. If they do not meet these requirements, they can be arrested as criminal trespassers. And three, squatters can be strangers or even neighbors who want to obtain title of land. This is this is remarkable. Um, squatting is not considered to be a criminal offense. It is considered to be a civil matter, which is why you have to go to court with an eviction notice uh, you know, serve an eviction notice for three days and then try to take this person to court to remove them. Again, spending your own time and money and resources just to claim your own property. I've never heard of somebody stealing somebody's car and then it being discovered. We know who stole it. And the court's saying, or the law saying, they get three days before you can judicially evict them from your car. You have to start with a three-day notice uh, uh, to quit and then, uh, let's see, retired time of op- occupation, 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to get these quick facts here. It says 21 years of continuous occupation. What does that mean? What does that mean, 21 years of continuous occupation? Does it mean if I haven't owned my own for 20, home for 21 years, it's up for grabs? As soon as I leave to go to work or to go out, if somebody moves in while I'm gone, and if I haven't owned my home for 21 years continuously, then they get to take it? Is that what that means? I don't know. Maybe uh, somebody who's an attorney, maybe somebody who's a landlord, maybe somebody who's been a victim of squatting and had to go through the eviction process can shine more light on that. Uh, I just don't know enough about it. I just know that it is outrageous. Outrageous. Literally, it causes outrage. 216-901-0945. It's a free-for-all Friday. Let's go to um, Sally in Berea. Sally, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Regarding Biden's announcement as a candidate, it was straight out of the twilight zone. He cannot campaign as a responsible leader of the free world because he has no positive, just negative accomplishments and can't function in a competent way. So instead, he became a robotic standard bearer for his woke supporters and the mobocracy that masquerades as democracy. He does not even know the meaning of our republic, but lies that he will represent all the American people. What a con artist, and I just can't stand it anymore. And within legal bounds, I will even do ballot harvesting, etc. Also, I'm glad Larry Elder is running now. All patriots need to unite, and with God's help, we can save our country. It's past 911 time. We are already on life support. And thanks for all you do, too, Bob. Sally, that's a great call. Thank you so much for making it. I appreciate all of those points. I concur. And by the way, Larry Elder, I would be thrilled to say in uh, Jan- on January 21st of 2025, uh, welcome, President Elder. I think it would sound phenomenal. I would be happy about that. Um, and, yeah, as far as Biden goes, you know, you called him the robotic leader. It's, it's appropriate because he's, he's the leader of robots. If you look at and listen to all of those who continue to support him, whether they be in public speeches, interviews, or online, they all say literally the same things. They're all programmed the same way. They are very, very uh, unified in their support uh, for this guy, except for the fact, by the way, that the American people as a whole don't see it that way. Joe Biden's approval rating right now, as he just days after he announced his reelection campaign in that ridiculous three minute video, is at the lowest of his presidency. Just 37% approve of the job he's doing, the lowest point of the Biden presidency. This is a Gallup survey. April 3rd to April 25th, which was the day, April 25th, that he announced he was running again with that video, he is at 37%. I'm the most unpopular president at this stage to ever run for re-election. That is pretty incredible. But like I said, it speaks to the robotics that you referenced. Charlie, you're next on AM 1420, The Answer. Charlie, fire away. Charlie, are you there? Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie going once. I'm not hearing anything. Johnny, you got anything to say? Phone's down. All right, we'll take this time out at 9.52. We'll try to correct that and come right back on Always Right Radio. Okay, 9.56, Always Right Radio continues. Let's get a couple more calls in. Don't forget, I've got a conversation with Robert Kylo and Aaron Bear coming up as we continue to fight to uh, change the Ohio Constitution so that the threshold to amend it in the future is 60%. 
with a huge, huge part of this uh, mo- movement being to stop what is coming in November, and that is the ballot initiative to embed abortion and uh, to take away parents' rights from kids who want to transition uh, into the Ohio Constitution. So that conversation is coming up. Uh, a few more calls now, though, before the top. Roz in Cleveland is next. Hi, Roz, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hello. Hi there. Well, I have some some answers for you. Part of Lay them on. you've uh, already done with the housing. You see, I'm a subcontractor for mortgage companies. I do occupancy checks and condition reports on housing. Oh. I so find you- them vacant. I have come on squatters. You're right. It's a civil matter. But the first step you can take is to look up the property address on the fiscal officer's website and find out who the owner is. In some areas, like where I've spent many years in Slavic Village, a lot of them are investors from out of town, and they use that address as the LLC that owns the house. Sure. Those are very but, but what, I, what I'm most concerned with. with, what I'm most concerned with, though, Roz, is the stories like the one that we heard from uh, from our caller. You know, where they know and whose I'm house it is. It's a, to... yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an actual somebody who owns a rental property or whatever the case may be. It is their property. It is their home. It's not a dispute who owns it. Okay. Okay. Then they need to get a hold of that owner, ASAP, and tell them get them out. Or, well, who's they? Um, who's they? Who are we talking about? squatters get the squatters out no but you're saying they because need... all he has to do if they own the house then you can get them out like you said you do have to go through the three-day notice whole thing yes because it's a civil matter now the 21 years it's not if you own your house for 21 years someone can squat and take it it's just the squatter stays there for 21 uninterrupted years in some states they can take the property Okay, so that's a different story, and um, and and it, it, it's hard for me to understand how anybody who owns a home, even if it's a rental property that they only, you know, uh, lease out to people, or it's you know it's a timeshare situation where they own it, but they you know they send different people to it at different points of the year. How anybody could not notice somebody squatting in their own property for twenty-one consecutive years? Um, so I would imagine they should do something before then. And Roz, thank you for the phone call. Here's my issue: how in a society of laws is it considered to be a civil matter and not a criminal one if somebody gets in my car that's parked on the street because i'm not occupying it at that time somebody gets into it and locks himself into it and i say get the heck out of my car and they say no it's a civil matter it's not car theft i, I mean i don't get it i don't get it you can steal a car, you can steal a house. That's what they do. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure. We have open phone lines still to come. Free for all Friday will continue, but we will talk with Robert Kylo and Aaron Bear next on AM 1420. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420. 
The Answer. Hour number two is now underway. Good morning once again. It is 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is a free-for-all Friday. We'll go right back to a bunch of great phone calls in a bit. 28th morning of the fourth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, But I do want to pivot now. This is the one guest I have scheduled, one guest spot actually filled with two guests. And I'm very much looking forward to this conversation because the stakes of the subject matter could not be higher. The... uh, Pro-death cult in the United, or excuse me, in the state of Ohio, rather, but also from outside the state, are working very, very, very hard to collect signatures to get on the ballot in November. Uh, an initiative that would essentially embed uh, into the Ohio Constitution the right to kill babies at any point of the gestation cycle, and also to stop parents from having any say in taking care of and helping. They're uh, they're in need kids, whether they're in need because of an unwanted or unexpected or unplanned pregnancy, or they have been pulled into the transitioning cult, and it is exactly that of the LGBTQ movement that wants to take little boys and tell them they have to be little girls and vice versa. All of those things are going to be on the table in November if they collect enough signatures and get that there. We need to make sure it's very, very difficult for them to pass such a measure, a ballot initiative. That's why we need to have an August uh, 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 an August special election to raise the threshold in the Ohio state of Ohio uh, to change the Constitution, to amend the Constitution from 50% to 60%. And among the groups leading this effort to get that August initiative, or that August election, I should say, and stop this ballot initiative in November is the Center for Christian Virtue. And joining me now, two very extraordinarily important members of it. The president of CCV is Aaron Baer. Aaron, it's so good to talk to you. How are you this morning, sir? Bob, I am blessed, my friend. Great point that you're having us on. We are all blessed, uh, no question about that. And uh, joining Aaron is Robert Kylo, my friend, uh, who is now the Chief Advancement Officer for the Center for Christian Virtue. Uh, Robert and I used to speak in his other capacity with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but Robert, welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning as a representative of uh, CCV. How are you, sir? Bob, Aaron, you've been really well. Blessed to be with you both. Bob, thanks for continuing to be a patriot. Oh, it is my pleasure, and I appreciate you guys coming on. I want to talk. You guys are also both supporters and members of, and in fact, I think Aaron, uh, a founding member of of a PWO, which is Protect Women Ohio. Tell us a little bit about the efforts that PWO has been making thus far since we, you know, kind of uh, found out exactly what we're facing here over the course of the next seven months. Yeah, no, absolutely, Bob, and I, and I think you really framed this up so well, especially in the context of this is this is about Ohio, but it's also about the nation. Uh, because really since uh, the Dobbs case in, in June of 2022 that overturned Roe, uh, the, the pro-life community, there's no other way of, uh, to put this. We've been getting our butts kicked in state after state. We're 0 for 6 in fighting the abortion industry uh, in these states to protect life. Um, and they've, they've solely marked Ohio uh, for 2023 to come to Ohio uh, to, to put abortion into our state constitution uh, and we keep saying this is the, the Gettysburg moment uh, in the, the fight for life, because if we don't stop them here this year, they're going to be going to upwards of 11 states next year. And we're going to get worse than Roe uh, back in the nation, but ingrained in our state constitutions. Uh, so after getting this massive victory, we'd, we'd have it all stripped away. And so what Protect Women Ohio is, uh, is it's really a first of its kind of the nation where in these other states, the pro-life community was just ill-prepared, right? We, we just weren't ready to, to fight. But so we have been working for months to bring the pro-life community together. Uh, and and they've, it's actually happened like we, it's never seen before where you have 
CCV. You have Ohio Right to Life, Peter Range, Dear Brother, uh, who's leading there, and Molly Smith, who represents, you know, Cleveland Right to Life and the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. We've all come together with, you know, people like Created Equal and, and the other Right to Life groups all over the state to form this campaign. And we've been pounding the, the, the pavement and going all over the state, bringing this message. And a lot of folks have actually probably seen our ads uh, that have been on TV framing this up so that uh, by the time, uh, if we have to fight this in November, uh, people understand what is truly going to be on the ballot. Aaron Bear is the president of CCV and um, Robert Kylo, chief advancement officer. Robert, Aaron just said that they're really kind of targeting Ohio as like the key state here. Why are we the linchpin? Why? I mean, you know, as Aaron just said, we're 0 for 6 in trying to stop the uh, massive nationwide abortion industry. Why is Ohio the centerpiece? Well, I'll go back to Aaron's comment about Ohio being the Gettysburg of the pro-life movement. You go back to the Civil War, the Confederates were galvanized because they were winning battles. And they looked at Gettysburg as the battle that could end all battles. I take it to the pro-life movement now. If the other side wins Ohio, so goes Ohio, so goes the nation. That's why if there was ever a time for people that love the Lord, love life, love liberty, and love everything good about this country, this has to be our finest hour. We have to hold the high ground because they believe if they take Ohio, they can sweep across the nation. We cannot let them have, have them do that. Yeah, it's it's a great point. Um, do you have any idea what kind of size of a of a of a monster that we are standing up against here? I'm talking about the out of state money. I'm talking about the resources they're committing to taking Ohio and winning this battle of Gettysburg, if you will, if you want to uh, continue to follow with that with that metaphor. Uh, how much money are we talking about here that they are pouring into this from outside our state? So by our best estimates, you look at what they did in Michigan uh, last year, right, where they, they passed basically the same initiative. They had $40 million. Uh, the pro-life community had $20 million. Now, here's the thing about that. That was $40 million they had on top of the massive amounts of money they spent in other states having to fight Senate races, congressional races. And you remember how, how poorly that went. They, would, they spent a lot of money. How poorly that went for our side. They spent a lot of money in these other states winning a lot of races. This is an off-year election. They, they're not going to have to spend money anyplace else. All of the focus is just on Ohio. We're, we are estimating they're going to have upwards of $100 million uh, to, to push this through. Um, and, and they've got... I Where's mean, that money is, coming from, Aaron? I apologize. Where's that money it, coming from? It, well, you already look at some of their donors. You have Hollywood donors giving. You know, George Soros and the Arabella Foundation, those guys are always looming behind us. The ACLU Planned Parenthood, this is big business for them. I think one thing, Robert, or Bob, that we have to... Uh, remember as we're talking about this is that we're actually fighting an industry here, right? This is this is an industry fighting to not just protect their product, but actually expand their product, right? To be able to sell more abortions, um, and so they're actually making money on this. It's kind of like when we were fighting uh, Obamacare back in the day, and we were we were taking on the healthcare industry that was like, hey, listen, this is going to be millions of dollars for, us, so it's worth it for us to spend a hundred million dollars to, to to pass Obamacare. Because we're going to make billions on the other side. That's real easy ROI. That's the same thing we're dealing with right now with the abortion industry. Is that they're they're going to spend whatever they need to spend because it is they've got business on the other side. That real revenue from killing babies and, and you know everything else they do uh, through these clinics, uh, transgender surgeries, all of this on kids. That that's real money for them. Uh, and so that that's the that's the nature of the beat. This isn't just two you know ideologically opposed folks going at it. This is this is big corrupt business. 
uh, trying to secure their business in our state constitution. Yeah, you read my mind. That's the reason I asked the question about what kind of money we're facing here, because they are willing to spend that money knowing they're going to get it back tenfold on the other side. So, Robert Kylo, how do we fight back other than, you know, uh, you know, with, with uh, uh, Protect Women Ohio and with CCV and the other organizations? We're out there spreading awareness. We're trying to get people to vote. Uh, we're trying to, you know, influence representatives to make sure that we at least get the special election to make it harder in November, et cetera. But from a financial standpoint, what do we do? How do we combat a hundred millions of hundred million dollars of propaganda? Well, first of all, Bob, we believe prayer is a first response and not a last resort. With God, all things are possible. We believe God is pro-life because he's the author of it. So let's just be reminded that we have to put our trust ultimately in him. And then we've got to get the word out to churches, pastors, spiritual leaders that love the Lord across the state of Ohio, Protestant, Catholic, evangelical, charismatic, anybody who loves God and loves life. We are leading an initiative within CCV that's working with county captains all across all 88 counties that is going to drive the narrative to everybody that needs to vote. We need to get a million people pledging within the Christian community to vote. We need to get 100,000 or more registered to vote. And then from a dollar amount, whether you can give $10 or $10 million, the key is, is this has to be an all-hands-on-deck. We're never going to have a moment like this in the state of Ohio, and it's going to require time, talent, and treasure, boots on the ground, roll up your sleeves, and we are going to outwork the other side because there's no other option. We cannot fail. Where do people give that money if they have a few dollars to give? What's the best place to put it? So I would tell you right now there's there's two places we'd always say. One, directly to Protect Women Ohio. You can go to protectwomenohio.com, make a donation there. Robert mentioned what CCV is doing in our church outreach. Uh, so by all means, if folks want to, if they feel called to support CCV in this, that would be great. I want to I wanna drive home what Robert just said, because especially as we have all your listeners who are thinking about what is the activity they can do, you know, we, if, if you are somebody that has time and you want to help us organize churches, because I, I had one brother look at me and said, Aaron, if the church does not rise up today, we will lose this. We cannot win this without the church. Uh, and so CCV is in particular focusing on getting every church in Ohio to, to be doing voter registration and voter uh, education, uh, which every church can do. This is not a candidate. There is no, nothing that stops a 501c3, a church, from taking a position, registering voters, telling folks to go vote. Uh, and so that's the effort CCV is leading. So if somebody is listening to this, say, I have time to volunteer. I want to be a county captain where, where I'm at uh, and help reach churches, help put on events, those types of things. Go to ccv.org and, and go to that contact page and send us a note and say, I want to step up and help because uh, it's going to take it's going to take dollars, it's going to take prayer, and it's going to take a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of volunteer time to, to defeat this thing. Aaron Bear is our guest. He is the president of uh, uh, Center for Christian Virtues, and uh, Robert Kylo with us as well. He is the chief advancement officer for that same organization. So tell me, Aaron, uh, about the other part of this. So far, our conversation is focused on life and abortion, uh, but talk about the other part of this, uh, the part of the, yeah. the, the, the proposal, the ballot initiative that would essentially remove parents from the decision-making process of young girls or or boys, I guess, who want to do something as radical and drastic as, as transition from male to female, to go on blockers, to go on hormones, to go on chemical castration, and so on and so forth, something that, of course, all parents should be an integral part of uh, working through with their uh, maybe confused and maybe just influenced kids. T- tell us about the danger of that if uh, if they get this thing through in November. Uh, absolutely. You know, Bob, this is one of these things that these guys, 
they put the language in this constitutional amendment very specifically, very, very painstakingly uh, to write it very broad to encapsulate their entire agenda, right? Not just abortion, uh, but also this trans medicine, right? F- folks don't realize Planned Parenthood uh, is now the number two distributor of cross-sex hormones and puberty-blocking drugs for children. I mean, it's, it's big business for them, right? They, they, know, they know how to do this stuff. Uh, and so they're trying to enshrine this in our state constitution to protect them. They've used words. You know, you look at this, and it says nothing about transgenderism. That's what the media keeps saying. Well, no, no, no. It says reproductive health decisions. If I put you on cross-sex hormones and sterilize you for life, guess what? That's a reproductive health decision. All of these drugs, all of this process messes with your reproduction. And they actually will say that in other states, right? They'll say transgender care is reproductive health care, right? That's, that's their messaging in, in every blue state. They're trying to deny that that's their position here, uh, but we're going to hold them accountable uh, to the true impact of this language. Uh, and so, you know, really, uh, as they're pushing this, they're, they're playing that down, and that's really what PWO is doing, Protect Women Ohio. We're trying to make sure folks know that because that is massively unpopular uh, with the voters. Um, Robert, uh, I want to play this uh, this video, which is an ad released by PWL Protect Women Ohio. It was one of the first ones called Fear the Worst. It's only 30 seconds. I want to let you respond to it and then also clarify something for me in it, okay? Oops, hold on a second. We don't have that quite connected properly. Let's do it again here. Your daughter's young, vulnerable, online. You fear the worst, pushed to change her sex or to get an abortion. You have some right to help her through this, but activists want to take all that away. Under their proposed amendment to the Ohio Constitution, the state shall not interfere with individuals getting abortions or sex changes, meaning you could be cut out of the biggest decision of her life. Robert, I've had people ask me, what does that mean? I thought, you know, you guys, meaning we pro-life conservatives, were against the state being involved in these decisions, get the state out of our business. What does that language mean where it says the state would be uh, cut out of, uh, of, of taking a part in these decisions for your kids? Well, Bob, my understanding it is it's actually the parents, the ones that are the ones that have the authority of the children they're raising, that would be stripped out of the conversation. And I think there's a narrative nationally with the left that the state owns these children. That is an error. It's an egregious error. I speak even from my own family. I have a son, Lincoln, who's seven, a son, Winston, who's three, a daughter, Colette, who's a year and a half, and my wife's expecting our fourth child in a few months, praise God. Those are our children. And because they're our children and because we're representing children and parents all across the state of Ohio, we don't want the state making inalterable decisions, if you will, for our children without parental consent. So it goes back to Protect Women Ohio. Why? That's why it's a necessity that people are aware of the egregious nature of this legislation or this constitutional amendment that's diabolical. I don't know how else to put it. So long answer to your question. We want parents making decisions for their children. And if adults want to do what they want to do at that time, then they have the freedom to do that. But not on our watch and not for our children. Yeah, that's the way I've always understood it as well, and that's why I haven't really been able to answer people who have asked me, why does it say the state shall not interfere, and you you have you have a decision or a role in, in your children's decision-making. We are not the state. We are the parents. Robert, I mean, uh, Aaron Bear, can you clarify that? Yeah, what's important there is that right now this, we, we have ingrained in state law specific that says you can't get – children, minors cannot get these procedures without parental consent. So we have – parental rights enshrined in state law right now. Uh, 
If this comes in, when it says the state shall not burden or interfere with an individual's right to abortion, what that's doing is that is actually taking out of state law right now all of the parental consent, all of the parental protections in state law, right? So our, you know, the, the way the founders set up government, the way the founders set up, set up a lot, there, there, is a, there is a role of government of affirming fundamental rights, fundamental freedoms, things like free speech, religious freedom, parental rights, of parent, the, the right of parents to direct the upbringing and education of their children. What this is trying to do is completely sweep away those 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 fundamental rights of parents to direct the upbringing of education and say, no, they have no rights over their, their child. And actually it's all whatever the, the state says now. So it's actually, we, we've put in laws to restrain government. Uh, and this is going to take all of those laws out and say, nope, if it's about abortion or transgender care, the state can push this on your kid and parents can do nothing about it. Okay, and that's that's a much better explanation. So parents' rights are already essentially enshrined by the state, and if they if this right. were to pass that, but, but I just think there's language there that makes it sound a bit confusing because we don't want the state to have the right; we want our parental rights to be upheld, which, uh, like you like we just described, are indeed enshrined yeah. by the state. But when it says the state should have no say in what you're doing, I'm thinking to myself. Well, that's that's kind of how we want it. We don't want the state to have a say. We want parents and children's to, children to make up their own uh, minds together. So it, it, well, it's and, just and, a, yeah. No, and Bob, that's what that's again. This is what so when I said they they very specifically chose the wording of this to 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 make it sound like cause this is what they did. in in you look at their ads they ran in Kansas, the the pro abortion side, and they said, oh, this is going to interfere with the woman and her health care decisions, and this is a government man, you know, pro life laws or government mandates. No, no, no. Pro-life laws, parental consent laws, these are affirming what we would say is natural laws, but are, are affirming fundamental liberties, right, as opposed to the left coming in and trying to swipe away uh, the rights of parents to protect their children. Um, and this is, this is the, the, the marketing machine, the messaging, messaging machine that the left has. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to be able to warp what the issue actually is. Well, if we're going to combat that messaging machine, we need to get messages of our own out there. So I'm looking at the website now. I want everybody to go to protectwomenohio.com. There's a donate tab at the top of the page. Uh, if you want to get ads like these and messages out there to the voters of Ohio of how crucial it is to get this uh, the special election in August, then to uh, come out and vote against this uh, abortion industry ballot initiative, and that's a great way to frame it and phrase it uh, in November. We have to fight, and it's going to take a lot to make people aware of what really is in this language and what the stakes are. So please donate at Protect Women Ohio. Aaron Bear, president of CCV, and uh, Robert Kylo, uh, the chief advancement uh, uh, director. Uh, I appreciate you guys, or officer, beg your pardon. I appreciate you guys both coming on here. Keep up the work you're doing. It is literally God's work that you're doing. Thank you for doing it, and uh, we'll check in again soon. Hey, thanks, brother. Thank, Thank you, you Bob. Appreciate Thank it. you both very much. It's 1030. We took that all the way to news. And uh, we'll get a newscast here. We're on the bottom of the hour break. We'll come back. And we are guest-free the rest of the way, as we were in the first hour of the program. So free line, a free for all Friday, I should say, which means open lines. You dial now at 216-901-0945 on whatever topic matters to you. And we'll take it on AM 1420, The Answer. Life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Always right radio with Bob Franz on the answer. Okay, ten thirty-seven. Thank you to uh, 
Aaron and Robert, very important information there. Uh, if you're just joining us, you missed a conversation as we talk about the importance of the um, ballot in- initiative uh, uh, pushback we must give by, first of all, passing a special election. And by the way, you're passing a, a resolution for a special election to be declared in uh, in August. Um, really, really interesting development there. Uh, and that development is that they may have enough votes on the House side right now, in the Ohio House of Representatives, to force this to a floor vote to get this done. Um, Quoting from Cleveland.com yesterday, in a full 99-member House of Representatives in the state of Ohio, we would need to have 60 votes to pass HJR 1, which is House Joint Resolution 1. That's the the measure to get the the ballot on the, or the uh, initiative... Goodness gracious, I apologize. To get a special election in August in which we can vote to raise the threshold for that ballot initiative in November. Um, in a full 99-member House, they would need 60, but they have 59, and there's only uh, 97 members of the House right now. Uh, the tragic passing of uh, of uh, Representative Chris Jordan, as well as the um, uh, absence of... I'm trying to remember who the other one was. I apologize why there is a... Uh, oh, somebody somebody, somebody resigned. Somebody resigned their position. They haven't had a special election for that yet. That's what it was. But at any rate, there's only 97 members of the uh, Ohio House. So you don't need 60 out of 97. You should only need 59 out of 97 because what you have to have is 60% support. So that's the reality of where this stands right now. If approved by Ohio voters, it would require future constitutional changes to uh, be passed with with at least 60% support of the voters uh, in a given election. And our 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 effort here to get that uh, onto the ballot, of course, would have to happen in August. And that's what this is about. A vote on the House floor is the last thing in the way of passing this resolution so we could have the August election. It's already been passed by the Senate. And Governor Mike DeWine, shock of all shocks here, says he'll do the right thing. And he will sign. He will sign this uh, if it is passed by the Ohio House as well. We'll have that special election in August, and we will be on our way to doing what needs to be done here to protect life and to protect kids and to protect parents' rights. It's enormous. But right now there's a dispute and a debate as to whether or not it should be 59 or 60. They only should need 59 votes if they're going to have just 97 members of the House, and that's the way, that's where it is. They have 59. And you may be asking yourself, why did they only have 59 anyway? Aren't there about, you know, 67 um, Republicans in the supermajority House? And your answer would be, yes, that's true. We found that out from doing the math of 45 and 22, the 22 uh, trans Dems who stole the gavel, which Jason Stevens is now continuing to wield like it's a scepter, and he is some sort of a monarch. Um, so we do have 67, but again, the reality is that with the passing of, of one representative and the uh, resignation of another, there's, there's now 65, and here's where we sit. Why are there only 59? In part because of these individuals, Jay Edwards, Brett Hillier, Gail Manning, Scott Oslager, and Tom Patton. They are your five holdouts who have not pledged their support yet, according to the list that was provided by uh, the uh, uh, Cleveland.com yesterday. So they have 59 votes, 
but they do not have these other five. Now, if we could make this null and void, this debate about whether they need 60 or 59, if these other five would just come on board and do what's right as a pro-life conservative, they would not have been elected to their positions by their constituents if they weren't going to defend life and conservative Republican principles. So to me, Jay Edwards, Brett Hillier, Gail Manning, Scott Oslager, and Tom Patton all need to either get off the pot and sign that petition, sign that list, put their name on it, and make sure that it is known that there are going to be plus 60 votes, preferably 64 votes minimum, and do your job, or get the hell out. If you don't want to do your job in the State House, leave. Your presence is no longer welcome nor required. There is a reason you were sent to Columbus, and that is to stand up in moments like this, even those of you who are trans-dems, part of the 22, who stole power from conservative constituents in Ohio by partnering with 32 demon rats, 30 or 32 Ohio Democrats. So that's a big deal. That's a very, very big deal. And if you are in the district of, and you know, I've been telling everybody, I've been even on the radio, I've been calling Jason Stevens to uh, to get this done, the speaker in Columbus. You need to start calling your representative if you are in one of those, and I am. <clears throat> Gil Manning of North Ridgeville is my state representative. But if you are, you know, Jay Edwards is from Athens. I don't know if anybody's listening down there. Brett Hillier, Tuscarawas County. Scott Olslager, North Canton. Maybe some people listening from there. And, of course, Tom Patton. I expect a lot of people in Strongsville are listening right now. You need to contact each one of them and tell them to get on this list or be fired. Just resign because you will never have a chance at being reelected uh, by the people of these uh, districts ever again. Some of them are term limited anyway, like Tom Patton is. That's why so many people feel like he's going to run for the Senate next time around. But let him know. Let him know. Not a chance. Not a chance. There's a reason you've been censured. There's a reason you've had uh, funding taken away. You will not have the backing of the State Central Committee. You will not have the backing of Ohio Republicans in your run for the Senate because of all of this. If you hope to repair your relationship with all of these people, um, get up here and sign this list. Why would you be on the list of five instead on the list of 59? Why would you be in this group of people who refuse to uh, support this August election? Why would you be uh, on the group that is refusing to support life? It just makes no sense. Okay. Uh, BJ is in North Olmstead. Uh, 216-901-0945, by the way. We're free the rest of the way, uh, free for all Friday. BJ, go ahead, sir. I'd like to bring up a few points that are, uh, to me, very disconcerting. One is the transgender things that's being pushed out of the public. Yeah. The other is the most unusual number of shows that are reminding people of the Holocaust in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. That is very disconcerting to me because it means there's a rise in anti-Semitism right now. So those are two major issues that are being pushed upon us. The one, of course, that's being disregarded is the 60 million babies that have been aborted and being ignored that we're willing to kill the future of America through abortion rather than birth control. So the, all these major issues that are Well, they're one and the same, uh, uh, BJ. They're one and the same, sadly, for those on the left that are part of this pro-choice, and I mean by that pro-death movement. They use abortion as birth control. They literally Correct. say, eh, if I get pregnant, no big deal. I'll just go have a procedure done. They, they literally say this is the way I these, control my birth control. These young women that grew up that have had abortion suffered great guilt 
I've met many 35- and 40-year-old women that re- regret that they were talked into it rather than other methods. The other well, issue right. is the other issue is this. Why are our political leaders so against the Constitution of the United States and not following it in the cities, the states, and most of all, nationally? I would like your thoughts and your opinion, and God bless America. You know I love this country. Well, hold on before, and, before uh, you go. Before you go, what, go what exactly, what exactly do, do you want my opinion on? Which part? Well, the overall, the the, the overall chaos they're, they're creating in this country, and, and this is basically a Christian country. We yeah. do worship Christians. Who do they worship? They worship Jews. So how how is this conflict between uh, anti-Semitism and worshiping Jews uh, not in conflict? So there's a lot of lies that are going on, and yeah. the victim is a victim. You are the victim. The white American population has now become the victim of well, racism. Who, who do you think is BJ? Who do you think is 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 promoting the rise in anti-Semitism that you're talking about? The people who are Semitic. Who in hell else would do it? No. no you, you, what I mean is... I mean, there's there's mafia movies. The Godfather was going on. I'm half Sicilian and half Italian. They were rotten bastards. So so uh, does that make all Sicilians and Italians nasty and, and mafia? No. There has to be a separation from the phoniness and the truth. And the truth has no place in our country any longer. That's the point well, I'm trying to well, make. Let me, the truth let, has no value. Well, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just wanted to kind of clarify what you're saying, because to me, I, I think the answer is relatively simple here. I think the, the, the anti-Semitism that is being pushed and promoted in this country is from the people on the left, the people who, who are anti-Israel, the people who are pro-Palestine or the non-existent Hello. Palestine, the people yeah, who... Exactly. Okay, well, well, these are the people who are also anti-Christian. That that's Correct. the thing. It's not as if Christians, you know, we are. You say we are a majority Christian country, and we are, but we we call ourselves, and I think we were developed as a Judeo Christian country, which is yeah, which which is which is of course, you know, a, you know, a, a, a Judaism and Christianity kind of a blend where we all worship the same God. Um, and we all, you know, recognize the right of of one another to exist and so forth. The anti Christians. The anti-Christians are also the anti-Semites, and they're the people on the left who are largely anti-God and anti-religion in the first place. Go ahead. I'll give you the last thought. But how do you identify these people? What is their motivation for this? That's the point I'm trying to get. Thank you for your time. Well, you got it. And, and you know, I think secularism is a, re- is a, you know, is a, is a real thing, uh, and, and the, the motivation of people who are anti-Christian, anti-Judeo-Christian, anti-Jew, anti uh, Christian, anti God, anti religion, the one who wants, the ones who want to essentially ban religion except for the religion with which they agree. And that is things like what? Like the, uh, their, their belief in the LGBTQ community. It is a religious fervor for them. As a matter of fact, I said this yesterday. That has become a religious cult. It is a cult. They are trying to brainwash and recruit people into their LGBTQ religion as if it were a cult. And I'll read a letter that I read on yesterday's show, for those who didn't hear it, that will kind of explain a little bit more what I mean by that uh, in a moment. Uh, but think about the things that they are religious. They see big pharmaceutical companies and big pharma as a religion. They pledge their fealty to it. Climate change is a religion. To them, the climate 
crisis, if you will, even those who don't believe it and know that it is just all horse, you know what, um, they still push it as a it's as fervently as those who push their own religions because they have something to benefit by it. So the anti, you know, the secularists who are anti-Semitic are the same ones who are anti-Christian. They're the same ones who are anti-God. Their God is man-made. Their God is is their causes. Their specific causes that they are trying to advance for their own personal power and profit. That's my belief. And the Marxists who have taken over the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party wasn't always like this, as everybody knows. You go back, it was a different thing to be a Kennedy Democrat. My parents were Kennedy Democrats than it is now to be a Democrat in modern-day America. Modern-day American Democrats are straight-up Marxists, and yes, really kind of edging and veering in toward socialism and communism. Many of them don't even hide it. They call themselves Democratic Socialists. And if you know anything at all about what socialism is, what Marxism is, what communism is, and what it has done to people uh, throughout American throughout world history, rather, then um, you know then you realize how dangerous this is. And their anti-Semitism should be no surprise. Their anti-Christianity should be no surprise. They want to break families up. They want to break down the building blocks that make up the foundation of the American Western culture, the American Western society that we live in. They want to break every single bit of it. And why? You know why. Because to replace something this powerful with something as evil as communism, um, the power must be destroyed. The power must be taken from the people. And the people's power is is inbred in the, in the modern American family. That's the reality of it. I shouldn't say the modern. The nuclear family. The historical nuclear family is where we get our power from what our whole civilization is built upon so bj thanks you got us into a lot of existential stuff there my friend i mean literally the existence of this country the existence of our faith the existence of religion the existence of people um you know particularly christians and jews and beyond it's a it's it's a very very difficult thing but we'll continue to address it the best we can we'll take a time out here at 1051 always right radio is right back on am 1420 the answer So just a reminder, I hope to see you on Sunday in uh, Hudson. It's the Taking Back America's Children Ohio Summit from uh, PJTN, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. It's kind of perfect segue because of uh, BJ's call in which we talked about, and he talked about the rise of anti-Semitism and so forth, and um, you know, PJTN is, is all about that as well. This is going to be about being you know, pro-fact-based U.S. His, U.S. history, pro-fact-based education of children and non-indoctrination, and yes, pro-Israel uh, facts as well, because there are so many falsehoods being taught about Israel as, long, as well as <clears throat> the racial divide with CRT, uh, the gender ideology that is forced on kids. All of this is going to be addressed. How do we push and fight back effective education, motivation, and strategy is going to be offered on Sunday, uh, April 30th, this Sunday, 7.30 in the morning, goes till 5.30 p.m. I'm not going to be there for the entirety of the day, but I'm going to be there for a good portion of it, and I hope to see you there as well, because we need to learn to fight back. Rose is in uh, Vermilion. Rose, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I have a question. Um, I want to know if uh, you are aware that Bobby Kennedy Jr. is running for president, 
And if you did know, have you seen his speech that he made and uh, what your thoughts are on him running and, um, you know, if he has a good chance? Well, I'll say this. Um, yeah, of course, I'm aware he's running. I do know that he's polling for somebody who is, you know, running up against an in, an incumbent president like Biden. Um, he's doing pretty well. He's at around 19, 20, 21 percent, whereas Biden is getting like 70 percent. So it sounds like it's a runaway, but that's still a pretty significant number uh, for somebody against an incumbent president. Um and, you know, my response, what I think of him is I think he's a very, very dangerous far-left lunatic who happens to be right on the issue of forced vaccines. Um, he's right. The speech he has made, the speeches he has made, he was on Tucker uh, talking about this as well, and others about uh, he was one of the most vocal voices to try to stop the uh, promotion of these vaccines or the forcing of people to take the jab or lose their jobs and so forth. So he happened to be right on that. He was on our side on that, if you will, if you want to call our conservatism aside. Um, but beyond that, everything else that's in this guy's, you know, uh, history, everything that's on his resume, he is a radical leftist. He's not somebody that I would ever want to be, uh, supporting for president. Uh, would he be better than Biden? Maybe marginally. I don't even know, uh, because I don't think it's going to matter, but, um, but uh, that's my thought. He, you know, he got one thing right, and he continues to be a strong champion for for the for the uh, voice of the people who want to decide their own health care. Literally, not the way the abortionists describe it, but with with things like vaccinations and not being forced by the government. So um, that's my thought on Bobby Kennedy Jr. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you very much. Um, you I, it. you know, I watched the, you know, his speech, his almost two hour speech, and. What he said was good. Um, the only thing I didn't like uh, was his support, his thoughts on Ukraine. And um, also, he never mentioned um, a Second Amendment uh, rights or anything like that. So that's the only thing that he hasn't said. Um, and there's a couple other things that he hasn't mentioned either. But um, I still would, you know, I would not vote for him either. Um, I'm still, you know, Republican. Actually, a constitutional conservative. Well, that's how you and Rose, you're right to feel that way. And I feel the same way. And another way to look at it is this. And thank you for the call, dear. Um, you know, no matter who the Democrats nominate, you have to oppose them because of the state of the Democrat Party. Forget about the individual. If they were to allow the incumbent president, Joe Biden, to be pushed out by somebody challenging him in a primary and actually nominate that primary opponent, then he is going to be far more dangerous than even Biden could ever be. Seriously. Because it's the only way the, the puppet masters and the power brokers that prop up Joe Biden's dead corpse up there every day, like it's weekend at Bernie's, if they turned on him and then had their fingers uh, you know, on the strings for, for Robert Kennedy, I think it would be far worse even. So I don't care who they nominate. You oppose them, and you oppose them with every fiber of your being. You support the Republican nominee, no matter he is, with every fiber of your being. Even if you are uh, a huge Trump fan, but somebody else wins the nomination, then you are a fan and a supporter, a full-time supporter of that person. And if you're not a Trump fan, but he wins the nomination, which he almost certainly will, then you have to turn and say, that's my guy. And we will do everything we can to stop the radical Marxists and the Democrat Party from keeping control of this country for another four or years or beyond. Thank you, my uh, friend. Uh, appreciate your call, Rose. We'll take a time out of here. We've got time, about 45 more minutes for more calls. 216-901-0945. Open lines, free for all Friday, right here.
This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Oh, yes, it is. And this is the third and final hour of this broadcast. As a matter of fact, it's the third and final hour of this show. It's the third and final hour of this week. Except that it's not. I've got three more of them coming up uh, on the Sebastian Gorka show this afternoon at 3 o'clock. So make sure you tune in for that. We're going to have some great guests. Peter Kersenow is going to be with us to talk about a civil rights matter. We're going to have the conversation I already held with Larry Elder. If you missed it, this is your best chance to hear it again. We're going to have that back again on uh, uh, on the uh, Gorka show today. I'm going to play it back so the national audience can get a taste of Larry Elder's run for the presidency. See what he's got to say about that. Uh, we're also going to talk with Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor of the state of North Carolina, the man who is responsible for one of my favorite sound bites ever. Ain't but two genders. That's the one. Two genders. That's the one. Ain't nothing but men and women. Yes, sir. Uh, so Mark Robinson will join us to talk about his run for the governorship in uh, North Carolina. So all of that is a part of the Gorka show today. So I hope you can tune in for that. I just got a message from my friend Keith Davey with the Lakewood West Park Conservatives saying that there's going to be a signature collecting event for those who want to uh, slaughter babies at any point of gestation and put it into the Ohio Constitution so that it cannot ever be stopped, uh, along with stripping parents of the rights to deal and help deal with and help their confused kids who might be being brainwashed into transitioning. Um, they're having this event at Madison Park tomorrow in Lakewood. I say this not to promote the event, but to promote the counter, uh, because what Keith is uh, being asked and others uh, to bring people out there to hold up signs saying decline to sign, protect parental rights, and, of course, to pray. So this is a big deal. Um, you have to try because, you know, what they're doing when they go out there to try to get these signatures is they're just lying to people. They're going up to people and saying, do you support women's rights? Well, sure I do. Of course. Who wouldn't support women's rights? Sign this so that we can protect women's rights in the Ohio Constitution. And people who, when they, when that's all they hear, of course that sounds great. Yes. Where? Give me a pen. Let's sign. Of course I want to protect women's rights in the Ohio Constitution. But they're not telling them that what they mean by women's rights is not women's rights. Because they mean killing babies. And they don't even bring this part up. But they mean uh, transitioning kids without parental consent or involvement. So they're they're lying to get these petitions. They need a they need four hundred thousand or so petitions, and they're doing everything they can by hook or by crook to get them so that this thing is on the ballot in November. 
So if you would like to be there tomorrow in Flakewood, Madison Park, this is the Lakewood uh, uh, West Park Conservatives Club. Uh, they're going to be there holding signs 11 to 1, saying decline to sign and protect parental rights, and again to pray. Like I said, there's a lot of events coming up, including the one on Sunday that I will continue to remind you about, and I hope to see you there in Hudson at the Taking Back America's Children event. Um, super quick, let me share this with you um, before I go back to the phones. And we are in a free-for-all phone line period right now, so free-for-all phone calls, rather. So uh, this is a good time to dial 216-901-0945. But when we talk about taking back children, uh, from America's children, from the indoctrinators and, um, you know, those who are trying to destroy the American family and to remove, remove parents from their lives, it's not just the transing of the Gen Z. It is also the attempt to completely bastardize and change and rewrite American history so that it is viewed from a more woke perspective, uh, which, of course, will make it easier for young kids to grow up to be radical Marxists as adults. So hundreds of professors at the University of North Carolina signed a public letter this week opposing a law that is being proposed, a piece of legislation that would require university students in that state to take courses on America's government and founding documents, such as the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Emancipation Proclamation, and some essays from the Federalist Papers, along with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from Birmingham Jail and the Gettysburg Address. House Bill 96 in North Carolina would require students to take a three-hour, three-credit-hour course covering America's founding and its history. What could be more important than that? And how is this even remotely controversial? Study the Constitution, the Declaration, the Emancipation Proclamation, the Federalist Papers. I mean, this, this is all just so extraordinarily simple. But 673 University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill professors revealed their public letter on Tuesday arguing that these new courses and another bill in the House of Representatives in North Carolina would constitute an infringement on academic freedom. The professors argue that legislation, quote, violates core principles of academic freedom, end quote, and, quote, substitutes ideological force-feeding for, uh, yeah, for the intellectual expertise of the faculty, end quote. So you caught that, right? They're saying that teaching true American history in place of the pseudo-woke history that the, quote-unquote, intellectual faculty wants to teach them is a violation of academic freedom. You can't force these students to learn true American history and the documents that founded this glorious republic. You can't force them to, to, to study that when we want them to study our version of American history and the systemic oppression and racism that, that continues to pollute this country from its birth to its, to its present day. Literally, they wrote that, the part about force-feeding, uh, substituting ideological force-feeding. What ideology, by the way, is there in the Constitution? What ideology is it? Because I think I have an idea what they're saying. If they're saying that teaching the Constitution is ideological force-feeding, they're saying that they don't agree with the ideology referenced in the Constitution. Well, considering that 99% of college professors are woke Democrat 
left-wing Marxists, that means they see the Constitution as being too conservative for them. They see the Constitution not as the ultimate declaration of freedom and rights for all Americans. They see it as being conservative, and that's why they oppose it. They would rather teach the, quote, from the intellectual expertise of faculty rather than from the founding documents of this great country. It's astounding. They, they term this to be an attack on expertise, arguing the American government courses constitute little more than indoctrination. That's the indoctrination. The founders, right? That's the indoctrination. Not these 673 left-wing activist pieces of trash holding their little degrees in the air, making them so supreme and so elite and so superior to everybody else. No, no, they're not the indoctrinators. It's the founding fathers that were the indoctrinators. Apparently that would include Dr. Martin Luther King, too, because in addition to the founding documents, again, Dr. Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail, the Gettysburg Address... The Emancipation Proclamation. Oh, yeah, that Lincoln boy, he was a, he was a true radical. Wasn't he? What a complete ideologue. Uh, that Lincoln guy indoctrinating people into believing in freedom and equality for all men. Our leaders continue to disregard campus autonomy, they wrote, attacking the expertise and independence of world-class faculty and seek to force students' educations into pre-approved ideological containers. We must protect the principles of academic freedom and shared governance, which have long made UNC a leader in public education. If enacted, we believe that these measures will further damage the reputation of UNC. You mean the reputation that your university has, just like Harvard's, where you have been sued in federal court and your cases are being heard before the Supreme Court for your discrimination of applicants based on their skin color? Is that the reputation you're talking about, UNC? University of North Carolina, just like Harvard and Columbia and a few others, they're being sued because of their blatant violation of anti-discrimination laws by telling Asian students and white students who are far more qualified based on scores, grades, achievements, and ability and aptitude displayed in their previous academic careers for spots in their in the freshman classes of, of the University of North Carolina, they're being told you can't have those spots because people who did worse than you are needed to diversify the campus. That's a blatant discrimination against race and ethnicity in favor of other races and ethnicities. So they're talking about damaging the reputation of a university that is already trash in that regard. Further damage the reputation of UNC in the state of North Carolina and will likely bring critical scrutiny from accrediting agencies. You think that no undue interference in university affairs when they see it. Uh, HB 96 passed through the House in March is now making its way through the state Senate, and they don't like it. They don't want kids to learn real history. They want them to learn their version of history. Um, Navy man Norm is calling us from Strongsville on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Norm. Norm, go right ahead, sir. If you want to know a true oxymoron, it would be academic freedom uh, by these 673 professors. 
There is no such thing in their book. It's our way or no way. It's that simple. And if they're too damned ashamed to basically adopt a history course teaching the fundamentals of our freedom, our basic freedoms from 248 years ago, then pack your bags and get the blank out, period. Not just out of North Carolina, but out of the country. I'm sick of this. I am so sick, Bob. You know, and I don't want to play the rah-rah patriot role, but as a veteran and as the father of a veteran, an Iraq War veteran, and a long family standing in military service, these people are despicable. They're, they're lower than pond scum. And, and, Bob, I'll tell you, I am so sick of this. I see it in our churches. We have cowards in our pulpits. They're afraid to offend these wokesters because, oh, I dare not say that human life is sacrosanct and was created by our creator, and every one of you sitting in the pews is made in God's image and likeness. They're afraid. We need more people like Governor Mark, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson in our pulpits. I'm serious, especially in the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church, as far as I'm concerned, has turned itself on its head against the founding principles that Jesus provided. You know, love one another and love each other. And love your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind. Uh, abortion is nothing about love. Denial of parental rights is nothing about freedom. And academic freedom, don't make me laugh. These people are a joke. And I think the sooner that, you know, they abandon our country, they've abandoned it already, they can't stand the truth of American history. They can't stand the fact that 56 brave men pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to found this country. And most of them ended up either dead through the Revolutionary War, or bankrupt. So when I see these professors doing something like that, I, I just pray to God that North Carolina adopts it. And I also pray that Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson becomes the next governor of North Carolina or Senate from that wonderful state. That's my two cents, Bob. And I'm with you 100% on that. Thank you, Navy Man Norm, on pretty much every aspect of that call. And I do hope uh, Mark Robinson is the next governor of North Carolina. Uh, I will be talking with him on the uh, Gorka show today. I don't have the times of everybody yet. I know that Kersenow is in the 4 o'clock hour at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Not sure exactly what time Mark Robinson is. And then we're also possibly, possibly going to be talking Second Amendment with uh, Colian Noir, uh, an attorney and one of the most uh, uh, renowned gun rights experts in America today. So we've got a huge, huge show lined up for the Gorka program coming up after 3 o'clock today, or at 3 o'clock today. So hopefully you can tune into that. But I'm really looking forward to Mark Robinson. I've been playing this literally for the last, what, four or five years? When did he do this? We had to look up and find the context of when he actually did this. Eight but two genders. Two genders ain't nothing but men and women. That has been viral now for a few years, and uh, it's so extraordinarily important. I finally get a chance to interview him, so I'm looking forward to that. Quick time out now. Back with more of your calls at 216-901-0945 on AM 1420 The Answer.
Okay, eleven twenty-eight. Always right. Radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Um, I want to read this letter again because I promised I would about uh, two segments ago, and it was from yesterday's show actually um, that I first saw this and, and, and read it, and I shared it, and it just meant a lot to me because I just feel such utter sadness for the parent who wrote this. Um, when I talked about the indoctrination of kids into the LGBTQ cult, and I called it a cult, people think that might be extreme language. It's not. Not when they are literally preying upon the weaknesses of the children and trying to pull them in, literally, and to make them become one of them, one of them, one of them, one of them. This is from um, uh, a rapper from the U.K. named Zuby, who is a very, very influential um, Twitter uh, uh, influencer, I guess, influential, a little bit redundant there, sorry, but he's a rapper, an author, an international speaker, and he hosts a podcast as well, and he shared this on Twitter from one of his followers, quote, you have no idea how deep the trans community preyed upon children throughout the pandemic. I'm dealing with it firsthand. Our daughter playing what I thought was a kid's game, Roblox, was filled with child predators. We, fil- we pulled her away from it when she mentioned non-binary, and she's okay now. But our son ventured around our account restrictions and onto Reddit. And as he fell into deep depression from the lockdowns, he then fell even deeper into the Reddit trans activist community, or as I call it, the child predator community. Our best efforts to get him out of this for almost three years has led to the deterioration of our relationship. He thinks he's a trans girl now, named blank, and will no longer speak to us because we rightfully won't put him on hormones. After he referred to me as a Nazi in support of trans genocide, I find it impossible to even communicate with him. They have him. Please keep doing what you're doing, this message to Zuby, who's very anti-trans in this on Twitter. Please keep doing what you're doing. You may save somebody's kid from this situation. I have no idea what to do with a remarkably bright kid who once had a realistic ambition of being an astrophysicist. His name is blank, and I love him emphasis on him and the real emphasis that i've made on this since i've started talking about it is on the three words they have him who's they and the answer is the cult of the trans movement the lgbtq cult that has found a home in american classrooms and in american universities in american corporations and sadly in american homes they have him we'll be right back This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by KeepingMedicareSimple.com and The Floor King. I'm just uh, really, really fired up about this afternoon when I get to talk to this guy, so let me give you a little bit of the longer form. Here's something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got they licking their pencils around, trying to write fiercest as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up. Cut up, man or woman. 
You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. You can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic and that is full of anti the spirit of Antichrist, it is the transgender movement. You wondered why I called him Pastor Mark Robinson for the last three years, two, two and a half years. I guess this happened, by the way, in August of 2021, not as long ago as I thought. <clears throat> but he's surrounded in this church by pastors, all with white collars, all cheering and... <laughs> and clapping and celebrating as he just ranted and raved about all of this. That's why I thought he was one of the pastors. But Mark Robinson, uh, lieutenant governor of North Carolina, wants to be the governor of that state and is putting it all out there on the line. He doesn't care what anybody on the left thinks. He doesn't care about what anybody in that movement thinks. He's calling it what he believes it to be, satanic and demonic, and it's got to stop. All right, let's get some more calls in. 216-901-0945. Ted is in uh, Cleveland. Ted, you're on AM 1420. The answer, fire away, sir. Yeah, good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. Just calling about the teachers and what they're doing to our children. Uh, this is what's brought on a long time ago when the wall came down in Germany. Uh, we thought we were freeing the people from West, from East Germany. It was all the people from the communist countries came here to our schools to learn. They got educated, and then they went to our schools and they taught. They didn't forget their their heritage of communism. In fact, they were sent by the party. Uh, not all of them were communists. A lot of them wanted to be free. But these people came over and became teachers, and now they're, um, uh, they've taught our children. They've taught our children's children. And... Uh, there's no backing out of it. it it's, it's tough because they're getting into our military. It's not just the, the, the schools they're getting into. Our military schools were taught by these teachers also. You know, there's there's some truth to what you're saying, clearly. There were some individuals who came over here, some who were maybe even, we want to say, planted here for those purposes um, to to try to, you know, to, to fight for on a... On a on a, on a more subterfuge type of level of, of, uh, of, uh, you know, indoctrination of, of communist ideas. But, but the reality is also that the overwhelming majority of people who immigrated to this country from communist, uh, um, corrupted areas of Europe, um, and, and other parts of the world too, quite frankly, they did it to escape. And they come here and they're the ones that I listen to now, Ted, who call this program. And I've had several of them on who say, you don't understand. I'm seeing it here right now. Exactly what happened before our country went socialist or communist. And I see the same signs and Americans, you better wake up. They're here not to, to, um, to, to further communism, but to warn us on what the danger signs of it are. And I think that's probably the more overwhelming number of people. They're, they're doing that, but then they, a lot of them came to learn and to take our free educations, and uh, they, they're just spreading it out. I know there's a lot of people here that are trying to warn us. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of our parents came from communist countries. I have cousins that came from communist countries before the wall fell down. Uh, from mm -hmm. Poland, mm -hmm. and they're doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, in fact, the one guy was a teacher. Where did he want to go? He wanted to go to Ford Motor Company rather than be a, not a teacher. He was a doctor in, in Poland, mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't want to work as a doctor because they didn't make anything over there. They were forced to do what they wanted to do. Here, 
he wanted to work for Ford Motor Company and make money. Well, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I'll say this. While there's a lot of propaganda, you know, that that was brought over from some in communist countries, like you said, who came here to teach it, you know, and, and to spread it and so forth, uh, there's a lot of, uh, and thank you for the call, there's a lot of people who are not part of that at all. You look at the Revcom USA people. Revcom USA. I don't hear a whole lot of European accents. These aren't people who came over in the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years uh, and who have done this. These are just young radicals who have been taken in, not necessarily by communists from Europe, but by the communists. Sorry, not sorry, in the Democrat Party. These are just simple, mostly white, radical leftists uh, that are pushing all of this on us. Um, Jim in Walton Hills next. Hi, Jim. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Bob. Sure, um, sure. You know, I just read, I think the Biden administration is pulling another Afghan uh, withdrawal on us from uh, from um, Africa. They, you know, they they got the embassy out of Sudan with the military escorts and things. Other countries have gotten their citizens out, but Americans are still left there. And I, the article I read earlier this week said they were told to told the shelter in place. Which sounds very suspicious. It does. Like the, and, like yeah, the Afghan withdrawal. Our State Department is completely inept. Uh, they are completely, I don't want to say corrupt, but they are less interested, and thank you for the call, uh, in doing what's right by the American. It is very similar to Afghanistan. Now, people don't think that because they, don't, they know there's not a quote-unquote Taliban in Sudan, but these people are in just as much danger. And according to what I'm reading, the uh, State Department is slow-walking any efforts whatsoever to free those people. And their families are livid, as they should be. The problem is nobody in the media is covering it. That's all the time we've got. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Sunday in Hudson. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.